0: Okay! This is MJ. I'm an author, I'm an artist, I'm an analyzer. You can find all my work at mjwindows.com. Engine Inspection presents... Coming Ultra! Join me as I discuss the final episode of Ultraman Zet. It'd be really cool if they did a sequel series at some point. Uh, which is probably something they should do with Kamen Rider. But, let's not get distracted by that. Let's talk about Ultraman Zet episode 25, which is called... Warriors Shining Beyond... It was directed by Kiyotaka Taguchi of the upcoming Ultraman Blazar, and the uh, screenplay is attributed to Koto Fukihara. I have heard that since Fukihara died before the main production of the show, or before the episode-to-episode episode, uh, production of the show, that actually what happened was he wrote like the first and last episodes, and then everything else in between was done by others. And, uh, well, anyway. I-, I think they matched what he did... To varying degrees, but we're not going to delve too much into that because I got to talk about everything else about the episode first. It was originally aired December nineteenth, two thousand twenty, which kind of explains the joke in the episode, I think. And uh, yeah, that's all I have to say about the uh, the credits of the show. So let's go ahead and just talk about the episode itself. And I got to say, uh, this was fabulous. Uh, I I just loved it so much. I thought it was so fun. I thought it was so good. And it made me so happy. Uh, again, Ultraman Z, uh, is one of the best Tokusatsu we've ever seen. Um, I've been talking with, uh, Sajik <sighs> in the, in the comments, of YouTube mostly, uh, about Ultraman and Z and some other stuff. Well, mostly Ultraman and Z. Um, well, and other ultras as well, Regulus and such. But uh, it's interesting because uh, I've determined that. Well, I, I guess I'm just going to go into my negative. My negative stuff right here. That uh, the work that Fukuhara did is excellent, and uh, nobody else matched him as far as the good core writing of the essence of not necessarily what the essence of Ultraman is, but like of the essence of this really great story that he had about like power and the. Uh, not the abuse of it, but, like, the misuse of power and the responsibility to use power in such a way that it is generative and life-giving and life-affirming and protecting as opposed to destructive, and I I guess there's a question there of, like, who should wield power and how it should be wielded, but I think even more than that, and maybe the the reason I didn't get this until the second watch-through is because it wasn't handled well enough by everybody else. While I think all of Ultraman Z is really good, Uh, it just, it falls short in some areas. I think issues with Celebro not being there for a lot of the time, there being a lack of structure to the overarching plot. Uh, maybe even some of the stuff with Juggler where he's there and he's got this, uh, you know, playing both sides against each other thing and... I don't know, like, even his comments in this last episode, oh, maybe, and, you know, I was, uh, you know, I just had to do it this way, and whatever. Like, they don't really make sense, and they, they kind of fall short. Although, maybe I just don't know Juggler well enough to, uh, to really... to really know his character and say, oh, no, no, this is definitely him, and this is just how enigmatic he always is. And it's just part of the deal when you, uh, when you're working with juggler Juggler. So, you know, that could be fine. But the real examination of power is is interesting uh, or interestingly uh, not done well enough throughout the rest of the show. We have those core things, you know, the destruction or the killing, I'll say, of uh, King Corncob, I mean, uh, Red King, and uh, then like all the back and forth with the Barosas and that kind of stuff was interesting, but probably where we get the best uh, definition of it or the best analysis of it is in these Uh, Fukuhara episodes... I'm sorry, that's his name, right? Just double-check. Yeah, Fukuhara. It's probably done the best in these ones, because, like, you get the comment at the end there from Yoko about... And this is, of course, full spoilers, right? Uh, You get the comment from Yoko about them going off and joining Haruki and Zet in space when they learn how to build a storage, you know, an SAA uh, robot that can fly in space. And... For some reason, that's okay. Uh, I'm not necessarily saying that... Well, okay. My mind automatically went to... Okay, something like Ultroid Zero... Would have the power to go in space. That would be a powerful enough robot. I would imagine that in order to... Like an Ultraman, just launch out of atmosphere... Into space, you'd have to have a great deal of power. So, it made me think... Okay, the progression... Or the development of these weapons of war to the point where they are akin to Ultraman is not an immoral pursuit. It's not a frowned upon pursuit. Haruki has no misgivings about that. Zet doesn't have misgivings about that. Um, oh, man. <laughs> Bako has no misgivings about it, nor does Yuka, and you know, Yoko's the one who suggests the idea herself. So, after all they've been to her, you would think if she was suggesting something like, hey, let's make an Ultroid Zero who has this power on par with Zet, and who has the spacefaring capability on par with Zet, that there would be misgivings about that. But there are no misgivings. There's no problem with it, because they are going to work hard on it, and develop the system, the technology, the uh, capability, in a natural way, and... I can see this is almost making me think of Star Wars. I've been getting into like a bunch of Star Wars books uh, recently. Uh, old EU stuff, classic legends, you know, legendary stories. But anyway, I will go off on that right now. Uh, but the idea that like Celebro and the D four ray and all that represented this threat because it was such an unearthly technology, it was such an unearthly power. Ironically <laughs> xenophobic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it um, yeah. If it's not from this earth, then I don't trust it. That's the message of Ultraman, right, guys? Anyway, that's not the message of Ultraman. It's just a joke, random drama. Anyway, but yeah. So because this power came from outside of the earth, uh, and without human interaction, development, and involvement, it's bad. It is, and maybe it's not even in and of itself that it's bad. It's that. Like uh, Celebro himself said, humans lack the maturity to handle it. So, you would think that, you know, if you give a kid... If you give somebody without any training a gun, uh, likely, you know, they're not going to follow the four rules of firearm safety, and likely they're going to get in trouble, and likely they're going to ignorantly use it to hurt themselves or someone else, and that's just kind of how it goes. Uh, However, if they take a training class... If they learn the rules, if they do all this practicing, dry firing, you know, learning how to clean the gun, all, you know, everything that they need to know, they can handle it. And, you know, that doesn't mean that, you know, you need to be you need to be the one to craft your own individual firearm every time in order to be safe using it. It just means that you need to go through the procedure and the process and you have to work for the the privilege or the right, whatever, uh, to go ahead and fire off that firearm and, You know, that thing is your responsibility. You are culpable for it, and you take action that shows that. And maybe it's kind of similar with the D4 Ray and even the power of a robot that's, you know, strong enough to rival Ultraman. That if it comes too easy, if it comes too quickly, if it comes without the hard work, then you haven't earned it, and you don't have the right to, or you don't get the privilege to, because I believe you have the right to... you know, defending yourself from whatever, uh, but you don't have the privilege necessarily to go ahead and use that extreme measure or that, you know, weapons platform, that system, that, you know, that that type or level of power. And it's because it's unearned. And I do like that concept. So had they thought about that theme that Fukihara, I believe, was writing in... The end game of the show, and I I don't know if that's in the beginning of the show or not, because I'm thinking back to you know <laughs> I originally called uh, the first review I did uh, two thirds hero, and I believe this one's just going to be called Ultra Man, because I think Haruki's risen to that level, and I think Zet has lived to that risen to that level, and they're like fully arrived. I mean, of course they can have more development, but like they're at a very good place for who they are as characters, and I think they've had a really good arc, and it puts them on the level of not being a one-third of a hero and a one-third of a hero being two-thirds hero. I I think they're now a full hero. And I think something about Zero's comment uh, about that, about Zet being a one-third hero, and me feeling that Haruki was as well, and how Zet and uh, Haruki paralleled each other so nicely and so neatly in order to make them you know, two halves, so to speak, of a whole, uh, it, I don't know, there's something there for sure, and there's something about the fact that, you know, Haruki was down rescuing a puppy, and, uh, causing issues for Yoko and Svenger, or Svenger, sorry, um, and there's something with that, and everything going around with that, you know, and then he fought in Svenger later, and then ended up getting killed by, uh, Mr. Sharkman, Space Shark, Denagon, 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 Denagon. Um, I don't know, I think there's some connection there. I can't quite find what it is, but, like, I don't know, if you just track his development through the series, through the show, he had to go through, you know, he had an opportunity to walk a path from being that guy rescuing the puppy to be this guy saving the world. And uh, in a way, with his motivation being to save Yoko, he was rescuing his puppy. No, this is a weird joke. Um, hmm. I don't know. It, and it wasn't that Haruki was eschewing power. It was that he was assigned... They only had the one robot at the time. He was assigned to a particular type of duty, protecting people, while Yoko was assigned to attack that Gomas and fight it off, and you know, destroy it ultimately. So, what does that mean? I don't exactly know what that means, but like, there's definitely a theme I can feel, and there's an arc that I can kind of trace, but the specifics of it were, you know, and the whole questioning of using the power of Ultraman and, you know, killing Kaiju and do we have the right to kill Kaiju and, you know, it being a burden, uh, being the one left behind, the you know, the one to survive and carrying the memories of those you had to kill or those you lost. You know, either way, I guess you could say if you can't neutralize a target in a non-lethal way and you have to kill it, then you carry that with you. And anybody who you lose because you failed to save them, whether it be from a disaster or from a malicious attack—I uh, mean, like a natural disaster or something like that, or even an accident or a malicious attack—you carry those burdens with you, and you carry those, you know, the weight of those lives lost with you. And like I said, lives lost either way, whether you had to kill them or because you failed to save them. So, I don't know. Haruki goes from saving the puppy to saving the world. And I don't, <laughs> I'm not sure that's what I had uh, in mind for people to hold on to or not. But it's what I'm seeing looking at you know the beginning and the end and how uh, they interact with each other and what they say to each other. And, Huh. I don't know. So really interesting anyway, so that's the real serious you know deeper type stuff and I'll just talk about a few fun things before I uh, get on out of here so uh, I really loved the man that Maya Yuki whatever her name is uh ordering her soldiers to fire on unarmed civilians essentially and then her firing on them instead uh, that lady is a piece of work, and I love how heavy Kura, you know transformed into juggler and deflected all their bullets whacked everybody and uh knocked her out and <laughs> caught her as she was falling to the ground i didn't say i was unarmed uh that was really cool that was smooth that was fun i don't know what it is about characters like that who are like uh i'm not gonna say he's a dark hero i guess he's like a uh he, he's an anti-hero for sure. um, but I'm not even sure where exactly he's in, he's in, he's in the antihero archetype or mold. But I don't know exactly where he falls because he's basically a hero, right? It's just he's the I guess he's the knight in sour armor, um, or scoured armor, whatever they call that. And I don't know, he's a lot of fun. He's interesting. And I uh, like as a kid, I always liked you know the dark guy, you know, Guyver three and you know Proto Man. I wanted Proto Man to be a good guy because it's like oh this guy's cool. He's like uh Mega Man, but he's got an edge. I'm talking about from the Ruby Spears uh, <laughs> Um... Uh, Mega Man cartoon. Anyway, um, yeah, so, you know, I like the idea of that kind of guy, but I really just like how he is in this, and I like, you know, at the end, him catching Celebro, and, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, Kawaragi coming back with Yuka and catching uh, Celebro in the net, and, you know, taking it off to dissect him or whatever. That was uh, a lot of fun. Interesting. They made me think of, like, uh, I don't know, like... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they made me think of, like, a weird... You know, a couple that you see online who, like, does live streams together or whatever, uh, and uh, just odd. Like, he, you know, he's going to take pictures of her, and I, I don't know, whatever. Uh, <clears throat> so that was a funny vibe. Uh, but I, I loved all the stuff with uh, Yoko and Haruki. You know, the arm wrestling revisited, you know, him saying he's got to marry her. Oh, by the way, I was laughing because, you know, this aired December 9th, and uh, he said that he'd be back for summer and New Year's. And she said, is that even possible? And I think she meant because, like, New Year's, you know, based on when the show aired, is... Uh, less than 30 days away, you know, it's like 20-something days away, and, uh, you know, how can he go and then come back by then, but I'm sure he meant, you know, the next summer and then after that, but who knows if the calendar date in Zet is matching the air date, but it still seemed like a funny little, like, you know, meta joke that I appreciated. Um, so that was fun. Oh, but, you know, the arm wrestling thing and him saying he's got to marry her and whatever, that joke coming back was fun, and, like, it, you know, shows the rapport between the characters, and... Uh, I thought it was great, and I love that, like, she was in love or infatuated with Z because he's, you know, 5,000 years old, or whatever it was, uh, and that, uh, she was interested in him, but then also, you know, looking back when she found out, or when she, you know, we find out as the audience about her arm wrestling, uh, so that she can, you know, find her husband, basically, test her husband, her future husband, that, uh, fusing the identities of Haruki and Ultraman together, um, and, like, really him stepping up and becoming Ultraman. uh, Even in the visual language of the show, he, you know, you see him doing the Zestium Beam, Zestium Ray, whatever it is, uh, under Ultraman, which I like that effect. Um, I would prefer, like, Combinator build, they did it for sure, and I don't know where else, but they just cut to, uh, like, the actor in their regular clothes wearing black, uh, or like in a ba- black background doing the actions that you see the Kamen Rider suit you know doing and they cut like back and forth to them to like really drive home the emotions. Like, I think, uh, I think it was build is this is spoilers Rider build. Well, I'll just say, he's fighting the big bad in Combinator build and both of them, I believe, are uh, in their you know it's the face actor in a suit. Or you know, in their <laughs> in their characters' clothing, in the black background, and they're like you know punching at each other, or like you know locked together, and then you get to see a cut uh, of the two suits locked together too, and it like really drives things home. I believe that's in like the the end game of build, where you see the big bad guy, the uh, stock guy, and uh, and Mister Genius Man fighting each other like that that was really cool and I would almost appreciate if they did that better here like I think Super Ride does a lot better with effects in general and I'm not saying the effect looks bad it's just weird because like they make the Ultraman suit like it's oh my there's the skunk again they make it transparent Uh, sorry at my work there's a skunk that comes around in the mornings and I'm scared of it it's really cute it's a baby it's adorable but uh I don't know I don't want it spraying me does that mean I should just destroy it or I should let it live its life peacefully huh well, according to Ultraman Z, I should uh, destroy it. No, I should let it live its life peacefully. Anyway, um, oh, it's adorable. <laughs> anyway, um, but uh, I I totally forgot what I was saying because I got so distracted by the skunk. So I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it be now and just uh, move on from there. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. It was a great show. I really liked it. I dig almost everything about it. There are definitely missteps and things I didn't enjoy. But for the most part, it's a really good show. It tells a really good story. And I think that's the thing. The story of, like, Harky's development, the story of dealing with the uh, the use of power and the abuse of power by people and how, like, we need to be, you know, with great power comes great responsibility, right? Uh, it's all there. The story is there. The execution of it, eh, not so much. It, it falters in some places. It fails in some places, and it just kind of doesn't work. And there's, you know, these weird, you know, slow patches or slow bits or just like places where, while it was always entertaining, it would it would kind of fall flat and it seemed to lose focus on telling this greater grander story. And it could have been served better. It could have told this greater grander story, but it didn't. And I'm not sure. Why it didn't? I'm not sure where the distraction came in. I'm not sure where the lack of focus. I'm not sure to. I'm not sure what to attribute the lack of focus to, and I don't understand it. Especially because between, I mean, I think the cast was great. I think the music was great. I think the suits are great. The effects are great. All that stuff, but on the writing department. Like, that, that, that's why it makes me think. Like, Fukuhara must have been this... And I, I should look up what else he's worked on because I feel like I know the name. Um, and I feel like I know what he's done. Actually, you know, I'm going to take... I'm going to call an audible and I'm, we're going to look it up right now. But anyway, it just feels like there was this lack of focus and it uh, doesn't really make sense that there was this lack of focus and this distraction and that it would... I know, just doesn't just doesn't make sense that it would fall flat when like everything the the rest of the production seemed to be firing on all cylinders. Like you know the the mech design, uh, which I guess you know King Joe and Wyndham are, are reused designs, aren't they? So anyway, but the execution of the suits was really good. The effects on them were really good. The you know all the fights I think were really interesting and exciting. Uh, you had these all these cool cameos too, um, and I don't even think the I think the cameos were actually more on the ball and more focused and brought this idea of you know stepping up to this responsibility and this role and this power of using, or I guess the responsibility and the role of using this power in a responsible, good, righteous way uh, better than some of the episodes that didn't focus on or have uh, Ultraman cameos in them, which is weird. It's really crazy to me. All right, I'm going to end my comments there, basically, uh, but I'm going to go ahead and uh, talk about uh, Fukihara, because I looked him up real quick on the wiki, so just give me a moment, and I will read that to you, okay, so I'm just going to read from the top, uh, Kota Fukihara, December, born December 23rd, 1982, wow, uh, in Omuta- uh, Fukuoka Prefecture, Japan. Died May 17, 2020. Age 37. My God, that's horrible. Writer, o- occupation, writer, series screenwriter, theater director, novelist, and actor. And uh, years active from 2009 to 2020. Let's see. Koto Fukuhara is a Japanese screenwriter. He was he has participated in the screenwriting and series composition of Ultraman Z. Death. On May 17, 2020, Fukuhara passed away due to a cerebral hemorrhage. Due to the early start of the planning of Ultraman Z, all of the script coordination and writing work that Fukuhara was responsible for was complete before his death. In the credits screen at the end of Warrior Shining Beyond, which is episode 25, the subtitle, In Memory of Kota Fukuhara, is listed as a commemoration of Fukihara. Works, Ultraman series, uh, Fuk- Sorry, Fukuhara uh, wrote the following episodes, for the following series, Ultraman Z, it doesn't say the numbers. It's Chant My Name, A Warrior's Principle, Live Coverage, The Monster Transport Operation, which I think is 1, 2, 3, uh, What Must Be Defended, Four Dimensional Capriccio. Oh, interesting. Uh, very interesting. A Warrior's Duty, Prelude to a Nightmare, The Game to Extinction, and A Warrior Shining Beyond. Okay. Uh, so those weren't posthumously credited. He did those. I was wrong on that before. And then other, it's Kaiju Club from 2017, and then common writer, BBB, no... Bill Gates from 2019. Oh, that, I think that was uh, a. I was recovered her ghost. Wait, no, no, people Gates, 2019. I guess that would have been Z uh, ZO, right? Anyway, let's see what else. Apparently, he appeared in Ultraman Z too. In episode one and episode eight, he's a chemistry class member. It says in episode one for sure. And in episode 8, I don't know where he appears. Oh, look, they show him Fokihara's cameo in Ultraman Z, so he is on screen. How interesting. He's sitting next to uh, Hibikura's actor in that scene. So, oh my gosh, is that uh, Mystic Power? That's when he goes to investigate Kaburagi. How interesting. See, and that's kind of... Well, I, know, I was going to say, I feel like that's kind of where Kaburagi disappears, but, you know, he wrote those other key episodes. He wrote the, uh, let me see, it's one, two, three four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine episodes out of a 25-episode run, <clears throat> that's over a third. So that's a lot. And if the other episodes, let's just say, uh, like they had broken them down, but they hadn't uh, they hadn't written the individual episodes, I could see where things would falter. And I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to say, oh, this guy was perfect and he's a saint and, you know, he did nothing wrong. Um, and I'm not saying he's not responsible for some of the failings in the show. I'm just saying, I, you know, I wonder what would have happened had he lived if uh, the series would have been even better. And I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. But again, I'm not trying to, you know, say that that's how it must have been because that's that's silly. And uh, and that's silly and unnuanced and I think unfair to him and dishonorable to him to say that his death ruined the show or made it something less than what it could have been. Um, but I'm just saying there is a possibility that had he uh, not died you know tragically at such a young age that uh, the show could have been better and you know even more so you know he and his family and his loved ones would have uh, enjoyed having him alive for a lot longer so uh, anyway I know it's kind of a weird way to end this show uh, end this review but I'm not sure how else to end it and this is where I've gotten myself I've I've uh, talked myself into a corner so. Um, I don't know what to say, although I will say this, the end of the episode where they're flying off, it made me think about a possibility full of future, or I guess a future full of possibilities, and how, I mean, they literally say this is only the beginning, Uh, which is funny. (laughs) My daughter brought that up to me. Uh, She said, like, you know, sometimes I read a book series, and at the end of the series of the books, they say this is only the beginning, and then they never write anymore in that series, and that's dumb, and I said, yes, that is dumb, Uh, so you know what? I'm gonna slam Pookie here for giving us a dumb ending to the show with saying this is only the be- this is only the beginning. But in truth, uh, the <laughs> in truth, um, because of the way modern Ultraman works, I think Zet will be in more things after this. Like probably the Destin Crossroad, which I will watch at some point soonish. Um, probably features Zet, and you know that's fine. Uh, but it really does feel good because I do feel now that. Haruki is at a place where he is Ultraman, and I did notice too a subtle difference, which I don't really get it because of the way the Ultraman Ultraman look. Um, it doesn't really make sense to me. Alpha Edge, did uh, I say Alpha? Alpha Edge looks different from the like vanilla Ultraman Z, and I don't know why. Uh, like it's not that different, but it's different enough, and for whatever reason they want to have that alternate form, right? And it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't really make sense to me. But at the end, when Haruki transforms, you know, he gets the Zet riser, he goes into Zet's face, and then he uh, pops, uh, and then, you know, the Ultraman that comes up is Vanilla Ultraman Z. So, I'm assuming for his adventures in Ultra Galaxy Fight and all those different things, when he appears and and has cameos or, you know, short fight appearances, he's just going to be Vanilla Ultraman Z and then potentially use the other forms as well. I could see that. Probably Beta Smash... Delta Rise Claw, and uh, and the best one, the Mystic one, um, Gamma Future, but, uh, like, it was a subtle difference, and it felt like it meant something, but I don't really know what it meant, because I also think it's kind of dumb that Alpha Edge exists at all, like, it would make more sense if it was just Zet Beta Smash, Gamma Future, Delta Rise Claw, those things would make more sense to me, but, uh, again, I have, like, a lot of quibbles with the uh, Ultraman suit designs, because they don't really make sense to me, um... Yeah, they don't really make sense to me. But that's a discussion for another time. Um, I, I want to end this on a positive note, so I will uh, talk about this. Um, I was under the impression that I really liked Taguchi. and that like he was the one who really made Zet what it was, and that might have some validity to it. But uh, I don't know his past Ultraman works. Uh, and uh, but I do know his future or current Ultraman works, which are or which is really uh, going to be Ultraman Blazar. So. I am definitely looking forward to uh, covering Blazar here. It starts next week, and I was a little bit worried. I thought the episodes were going to be back-to-back, but fortunately, there's going to be a break, and we have room to breathe and room to just bask in the afterglow of Zet, and uh, then we can go ahead and enjoy uh, Blazar coming up. So I will be covering that, and I am looking forward to covering Ultraman toward the future. No, that was another joke because that was an Australian Ultraman co-production with Super Eye Productions. Anyway, uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to covering Ultraman Blazar as well here uh, on Going Ultra on Henshin Inspection, and uh, I invite you to join me there. And it'll, I think it'll be a little bit interesting, a little bit more, a little bit different to talk about a show while it's currently running, and we can do speculation and we'll see what all happens. Um, I'm hoping to do a little less uh, like the, the whole, uh, you know, two episodes a week plus Regulus coming in there and other stuff. Like it was a lot for me and, uh, that's because I'm doing this and like, you know, three or four other podcasts and trying to write books and, uh, have a family and all this stuff all at the same time. So it was a bit much. I'm hoping that this will be a little more laid back to enjoy Blazar as it's coming out and that we'll have a lot of fun talking all about it. So like I said, I invite you to join me on that. And, uh, Yeah. Um, With that, I hope that you are well, that you continue to be well, and I will say this is MJ signing out. I hope you enjoyed that. Go to MJMunoz.com to leave any questions, comments, or other feedback you might have. There you can find all of my analysis, art, and fiction. I cover books, tokusatsu, comic books, anime, and more. Look around. You're sure to find something else that you'll enjoy as well. This has been a story over everything production.